Hi, this is Derwin James, and you listen to the Chargers Podcast Network. Hey guys, Chris Harry with you here on Chargers Weekly, our first episode of 2020, and it's a good one. A bit later, I'll be joined by Dane Brugler of The Athletic. We'll preview the Senior Bowl, which starts next week in Mobile, Alabama. But first, a conversation with Sean Merriman, who shares his thoughts on the retirement of his friend and former teammate, Antonio Gates. All right, guys, friend of the program, lights out. Sean Merriman joins me on Chargers Weekly. And Sean, big news Tuesday, your friend... Your former teammate for six seasons, Antonio Gates, calls it a career. 11,841 yards receiving, 116 touchdowns, and Sean, a trip to Canton in his future in about four years. Yeah, man. Um, God, it, it just, you, you look at this thing, you see the time fly, and you're like, man, I just I just remember walking into the locker room and, and you know, seeing everybody, seeing LT, seeing um, everybody, and you know, Gates, Gates' locker was right across, like almost diagonal across, right by the door before we walked out uh, to practice. And sometimes if I walked out before him, I would stop and we would joke and laugh almost every single day on the way out to the field because I would try to get out there a little earlier. And um, and now he's retiring and we're talking about Hall of Fame already. And it's like, man, where does time go? But um, I, I, I just couldn't be more honored, man, like just, you know, you don't you don't realize the greatness you, you played with at the time, right? Because you're a teammate, you're kind of winning games, you're losing games, you're, you're going through battles, and before you know it, it's, you know, that time has passed you by, and you look back on it and you say, my God, I played with some of the greatest guys, and Antonio, Antonio Gates being one of them. Well, Sean, I love you on social, whether it's Twitter, Instagram. Follow Sean Merriman if you're not already. And on Tuesday... You had some fun. You said, the best to ever do it, please at me today. I got time. <laughs> so, so Sean, we got we got Tony Gonzalez. We got guys like Kellen Winslow, Rob Gronkowski, Jason Witten. Tell everyone what separates Antonio Gates from the rest of the greatest tight ends of all time. Well, I mean, just, just look at this. I mean, unless we get the touchdowns, unless we get things like that. I mean, this is a, uh, a standout college basketball player who walked on the field and become the greatest tight end ever. Like, look at, look at this, you know, and everybody has their own path and their own story, right? So I don't want to take away anything from, from those other guys. They are great tight ends. You know, I've played against some of them, and um, I, I, I can't – I'm, I'm not taking anything away from them at all. I mean, for Cody sure, Gonzalez, for sure. God, you, can't, you can't say anything bad about these guys, but when you talk about Antonio Gates' path to where he started and where he ended up, he has to go down as the greatest tight end of all time. Um, you know, for, for many different for many different reasons, but that's definitely one of them. Sean, what was it like to practice against him? You were there for six seasons with him. It was, you know, they they say iron chopping iron. I mean, <laughs> that, that's the understatement, right? Because uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to to you know, I, I played against Vernon Davis in college. We went to school together, yeah. right? Um, and at that time, I was like, "This is the greatest tight end I've ever seen." At that uh, at that moment, at the University of Maryland, Vernon Davis, the athletic freak. I mean, you can do all these things. And who's I'm still like, going, by I the way, Sean? He's still going. With that, I said he's, he, still, he's going. still going. He look, and Vernon looks great. I, and I'm trying to get him to go another year too. And he, you know, he's not listening to me, but we'll see. <laughs> um, so I thought at that point, at that point, that was the greatest tight end I've ever seen. I was like, "There's there's nobody that I'm going to come across that's going to be better than Vernon Davis." 
And I walk into an NFL locker room and I said, oh my God, I got Antonio Gates. Like, you can't cover him. You know, he's big, he's, he's quick and all these other things. Um, and, you know, he was just something I've never seen before. And I thought that I've seen at that point in time one of the best tight ends, you know, ever. And I walked into a locker room and I've got to see Antonio Gates every day. So whatever I see during the games on Sundays, but Sunday nights, Mondays, and, uh, and Thursday night games, has nothing on Antonio Gates. So, uh, man, it, just, it was just a privilege. Sean, what's one thing about Antonio that you admire that maybe fans or the media or just the general public may not know about Gates? Uh, Gates was the quietest, most confident person I've ever come across in mm-hmm. my life. Um, he didn't really say a whole lot. I mean, obviously, he has the, the swag, and he's always, he was always dressed nice. I, you know, I gave that story my IG. He was I like always that, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, always, you know, had this, he's from Detroit and now from Maryland, and we had this kind of thing where it's about us and swagger. But he didn't talk much. But you can feel when Antonio Gates walked in a room, you knew he was special without him saying anything. If you didn't know that was Antonio Gates, if you walked into a room, you knew that he was special. Um, and he was different than everybody else around. And um, that's one thing that I've always admired because, you know, he never jumped in front of the cameras. He, he never uh, was, you know, a big vocal guy. But if he ever said or did anything, you listened. And you took note to him, just his approach to everything he did every single day. It's the leadership qualities. And, you know, we see some of this this younger generation that you didn't play with, the guys that are in this locker room today, guys like Hunter Henry and Mike Williams and Melvin Gordon, speak glowingly about the impact that Gates has had on their career and what they wanted to do. Melvin Gordon talked about, I wanted to get a Super Bowl for Gates more than I wanted to get a Super Bowl for myself. So when you see things like that and you see all these guys putting pictures up on their Instagram it just shows you, you don't have to say much to know the impact that a guy like 85 had on a locker room. And they, they were all right. And when you have guys like that, um, like Antonio Gates, you want to win for them. You want to win for them because you know what they meant to you. You know what they meant to the team. Uh, and you know the one thing that can solidify everything they've done because they're not going to be the vote. You know, uh, Gates were never, he was never really vocal. So sometimes, um, and I wish sometimes he was because he really is, in my eyes, the greatest tight end ever. And I wish sometimes he would come out and just say it. Yeah. Um, or just, you know, acknowledge that. But he never would. Never. And that was something that you can always appreciate about uh, Tone. And it was, it, was, um, it, it was just great, man. Just great to be around. Sean, so many classic games. Is there a particular game of Antonio's that stands out to you? Oh, man. Um, it, it, it's a lot. It it was more in the practice and and, and, and on the daily stuff that I love the most. Yeah. Our conversations uh, that you know he would talk you know talk trash without saying anything. It was so funny to meet uh, Stephen Cooper, linebacker, and Sean Phillips, and we would kind of always be together. And he would always say little things jokingly that no one can cover him, but you know, kind of in a joking matter. But it was the truth, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> And he did, it just, it just so weird because he would joke and, and laugh without really saying a whole lot. And it was just always funny. Uh, he would catch everything, he would catch everything and make a joke out of it. So it, it was, um, 
you know, it was a daily like practice and it was a training camp and it was a locker room and that's going uh, to, to get food after practice and, and going to get dinner at night. It was those things that I appreciate the most because I think that everyone got a chance to uh, witness the greatest of Antonio Gates on game day. But I enjoyed the other six days of the week. You know what's cool about this, Sean, is we're obviously with good reason celebrating Antonio this week, but the teams that you were on, including yourself, man, let's not sell yourself short. I mean, the talent on those teams, on offense, yourself, um, it, it was some special times in your era. Yeah, and it, it, that, that era will never be recreated, right? Because you have to have a certain mixture of, of players, you know, certain you know, characters and everything for us all to mesh together. Um, and it, it's hard to create. You don't really notice that. Like I said before, you don't notice it a whole lot until you step away from the game, right? It takes a couple of years to get the game out of your system and whatever. Then you're out and you start going out into like the real world. And I travel all over the world and, and you know, all over the country and people will come up and say, man, that's, you know, those teams I had between 05 and 2010. 2000, you know, 2009 was unstoppable, right? I mean, it's just those moments, those teams can't be recreated. Well, Sean, I hope to have you on more throughout the season as, as the Chargers, they select six overall in the draft. There's free agency coming up. We'll have a lot to talk about. But I know Lights Out Extreme Fighting, you got some announcements. You got some things going on right now. Yes, yes. Lights Out Extreme Fighting, February 29th. Uh, we're back in San Diego at the Quan Casino, February 29th. Uh, people can go to Lights Out XF next week. Tickets will be on sale. Uh, I think you guys, I think you might, you might be the first person I'm telling right now, so you can break it. <laughs> Breaking news? <laughs> no one knows that, but uh, yeah, go ahead, man. Break it. You know, just, uh, I know you guys have a lot of listeners, and obviously a lot of Chargers fans, and uh, they still support what I do and have supported. Uh, at the fight, the people showing up uh, with Chargers jersey, and I'm walking past the crowd signing Chargers jersey. So it's, it's that's always a great time. And uh, so anyway, February 29th, the Quan Casino. Uh, go to Lights Out next up next week. Tickets will be on sale. Sean Merriman, always appreciate your time, man. Look forward to doing it again soon. You got it, brother. Thank you. All right, guys, we know you love the Chargers, but you also probably love saving money, too. And Mercury Insurance, they can help you with that because Chargers fans save an average of $769 with Mercury. That'll get you great seats for the next game and jerseys for the whole family, too. So what are you waiting for? Get a quote today at mercuryinsurance.com to see how much you could save. It only takes a few minutes to switch, and it could save you a lot of money. Don't wait. Get a quote today at mercuryinsurance.com. Savings info based on 2019 California Department of Insurance Rate Comparison Profile 38A. Individual savings may vary. All right, guys, the 2020 Senior Bowl kicks off next week with practices in Mobile, Alabama. Of course, we'll be there, and so will my next guest. The Athletics' Dane Brugler joins me now on Chargers Weekly. And, Dane, we did this last year. I always appreciate your insight when it comes to these prospects. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. we got to start with your first mock draft of the year, Dane. You have the Chargers selecting quarterback Justin Herbert at number six overall. Of course, Herbert's going to be in Mobile what makes him such an intriguing prospect, and what does he need to show to teams next week? Intriguing is a good way to put it, um, because on paper he has everything you want. Um, you know, he's legit six six, two hundred forty pounds, a very good athlete. You know, most guys that size have some type of or some degree of awkwardness to their athleticism, but not Herbert. Uh, he 
frequently escapes trouble. He's very fleet of foot. He moves like a much smaller player. Um, and so that threat of athleticism, that, that's a big part of what he does and a big part of his game. Um, on, 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 and again, on paper, everything's there. Just the, the size, the arm strength, the arm talent, um, the mobility, the athleticism. And then he's been a productive four-year starter. Uh, he finished his career basically number two behind Marcus Mariota and uh, just every, just about every passing record in Oregon's uh, in Oregon's uh, history book, and he's a player that has a lot of tape. Um, and it just did he show enough progression throughout the year for you to fully believe in him? And that's going to be the big question for NFL scouts. Uh, I think each one of his game tapes, when you study it, it shows an example of NFL level throws and several just wow plays. But he also has a tendency to leave you wanting more, uh, inconsistent reads, uh, inconsistent decision-making. He's very, very smart. And I think that translates very well to his on-field processing speed. Uh, or I, I should say it doesn't always translate to his on-field processing speed. So, you know, at quarterback, you want a very smart guy, obviously, but there's a difference in being, you know, book smart and, you know, being a you know 4.0 student. And, but also being a quick-minded player. And that's what you want a quarterback is a quick-minded player. And th- there's just some question marks there with Justin Herbert. So I'm glad he's going to be in Mobile. He needs to go and show that he can make the right decision on time. And then just also the question about is he does he have the leadership traits? He is a high-character guy, no question about it. He's just not an alpha. And for some teams, that might bother them if they're looking for that you know, strong-willed, vocal leader at the position. And Dane, this is a perfect week for that, right? Because you have mm-hmm. the top seniors in the country, you have all the scouts there. Uh, to see how he performs and, and really, you know, from body language to just how, how he commands a huddle during the, the course of these big practices during the week, scouts and, and coaches are going to be looking at that. No doubt. And it is really a great opportunity to see, uh, you know, how players interact with each other, um, you know, uh, something, uh, a cool story, uh, you know, from Jim Nagy last year, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, is how uh, Gardner Minshew, before the week started, uh, called Jim Nagy to get the phone numbers for all the centers that were going to be playing in the game. So he could connect, Gardner Minshew could connect with the centers before mm. they showed up just so they could, you know, develop that, uh, you know, lay the groundwork for what was going to be the, the week of practice. And especially for a quarterback like Minshew, who didn't take a lot of snaps under center and, you know, knew that was going to be something that teams were going to be looking at. And, you know, just to get that early respect from those those centers. And so that's something with, you know, Justin Herbert, um, you know, being able to, and there's going to be a lot of talented wide receivers. And so uh, very eager to see how he does in that type of environment when it's really, it's, it's under the microscope and there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of scouts, coaches, uh, personnel uh, decision makers, and they're all going to be watching him. And especially with Jordan Love, the Utah State quarterback, uh, there's going to be a lot of differing opinions about who's the better quarterback. And so to see these two guys, uh, and they're going to be on opposite teams, so not they won't be practicing one after the other in terms of reps, but they'll be you know one practice and then the other. And so a good chance for teams to uh, compare the two, um, you know, going up uh, against each other on the same day. Last year, you mentioned Minshew, Daniel Jones was there, Drew Locke was there, and then you just said the name Jordan Love. Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts, I want to get your thoughts on both of those guys. Uh, I think Love 
is looked at as a first round pick, but but obviously differing opinions probably throughout the league. No doubt. And Jordan Love came into the year with first round grades. Um, he had such an impressive redshirt sophomore year uh, in 2018. He, you know, 64% completion, 3,500 passing yards, 32 to 6 touchdown interception ratio. And then this year, complete opposite. Uh, you know, he, his completion percentage dropped. He didn't reach 3,500 passing yards. He had 20 touchdowns, but 17 interceptions. And that number sticks out uh, like a sore thumb. And it's something where is it, and this is where scouts have to look at it and differentiate between reasons and excuses. Because for Jordan Love, brand new coaching staff came in, a brand new offensive system. He lost every single starter on, on offense except for one of his offensive tackles. And, you know, you, you factor all these things in and you have to figure out, okay, well, how much do we ding this guy? for uh, what happened around him, how much was it just completely on him. And the Senior Bowl is going to be a great opportunity for him to show that, hey, I am still this extremely talented guy. Yes, I might be raw in a few areas, but this is why I still belong in the first round. And so this is a huge opportunity this week for Jordan Love to show that he does belong in the first-round conversation. And if he looks good uh, next week in Mobile, uh, I mean, it's going to be really hard for him to uh, to fall out of that first round, I think we could see maybe a team trade up into the the late sec- or the late first from the from the early second, get that fifth year option. Could he potentially get ahead of Herbert? I think he will on some draft boards, but it all comes down to this week and how they perform. Uh, it's it's really going to be uh, really intriguing. And then for Jalen Hurts, uh, you know it, he is. There's there's a lot of differing opinions about uh, even if he's going to be a long term quarterback in the league. Um, his ability as a passer just isn't quite there, what you want to see. And so could he get into the top 100 pick? It's possible. Um, I think some teams could see him as uh, maybe a third-round pick. But most teams that I've talked to see him as a day-three guy, a player that, you know, from an intangible perspective, they have so much respect for him because he is a hard worker. He is a guy that is highly respected by everybody you ever talk to him. Uh, just because of his competitive drive, his mental toughness. Um, he's been through so much from being SEC Offensive Player of the Year as a freshman to being benched in the national title game a year later, spending that next season as a backup, then transferring and learning a new system and finishing runner-up for the Heisman Trophy at Oklahoma. So there, there's so much with his story and so much that has shaped him as a player. Um, it's just he, he's a see-it thrower. He doesn't anticipate. He holds the ball too long. Uh, forces throws and that's really no matter what he does with his legs and how great of a a character guy he is if you're not a consistent downfield passer it's just going to be tough for you to survive at the next level and it's going to be tough for you to be drafted with a high draft pick and so right now Jalen Hurts is an early day three player trying to get into that day two conversation very interesting. So Love and Herbert, the headliners down in Mobile next mm-hmm. week. Outside of the quarterback position, Dane, which positions are the strongest down in Mobile? You get to look at defensive line. Uh, a lot of really talented defensive linemen are going to be there. And it headlines with Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle from uh, South Carolina. Uh, this guy is freaky. Um, he is a big, he's athletic, he makes hustle plays. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see one-on-one opportunities because at South Carolina, he played a lot of those tackle, and so he saw double teams and wasn't allowed to just kind of let loose, and that's why he only had six, six tackles for loss this year. 
but in Mobile, when he has a chance to go one-on-one with a center or a guard, uh, very eager to see if he can take advantage of that and to see what he can do. Um, so, it, But it's not only Kinlaw. Talk about Neville Gallimore, the Oklahoma defensive tackle, who is extremely quick. He is a rare athlete for 300 pounds. Um, eager to, he's going to blow up the combine, no, no question. But what does he do this week uh, in terms of beating uh, offensive linemen one-on-one? Uh, that's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, Devon Hamilton from Ohio State, he's more of a true nose. He's a day two player, so I think defensive tackle is pretty deep. And then I always love to see the wide receiver corner one-on-one matchup. That's going to be a lot of fun. This wide receiver class, you know, we talk so much about how deep it is and how it's the strongest position this year, and there's no question about it especially with these underclassmen, you know, the Jerry Judys and the uh, C.D. Lamb, the T. Higgins, the Henry Ruggs, you can go on and on. But this senior class has a lot to offer uh, from the receiver position as well. Uh, it starts with Brandon Ayuk, the Arizona State speedster, what he can do after the catch. Really eager to see him against some of these corners one-on-one in this game. Michael Pittman from USC, 6'4", very physical and strong at the catch point. Um, I love what he can offer down the field as a possession target. Uh, and then there's a lot of, a lot of receivers in this. You know, we saw last year Terry McLaurin, you know, come out of nowhere mm. at the senior bowl, what he could do. Is there a Terry McLaurin in this class? I think there's a lot of talented wide receivers ready to show out and, uh, and say that, hey, listen, I can be this year's Terry McLaurin. Couple other positions I want to ask you about. Cornerback, uh, Christian Fulton from LSU. Who, who are some other corners? to look at down in Mobile? Yeah, Fulton's definitely the, the top guy. Uh, I think if you're going to rank the top players in Mobile, I think that it starts with, in my opinion, Javon Kinlaw. He's at the top. Then you have the two quarterbacks with Herbert and Love. And then I think Christian Fulton is that next guy. He didn't have the best performance in the national title game. Uh, you know, Clemson went at him pretty good, and he, he struggled at times. But when you look at his full body of work with Christian Fulton, he's a good-sized athlete moves very well, patient from press. Uh, he has the speed where he can carry receivers deep. He's an instinctive player. Needs to be a little bit better as a tackler uh, to show that he can play in the slot, but he is a very good player, and I, I think he still has a strong case to go in round one. But this, this uh, senior bowl class has several other players at the cornerback position that have bright futures. Uh, Jeff Gladney at TCU is an ascending player. Um, I think Lamar Jackson from Nebraska, he's not going to run the fastest 40-yard dash, but he's big and physical. He can reroute and get receivers off their path uh, and really disrupt things uh, with his uh, with his aggressive nature. Um, uh, Dane Jackson, uh, great first name, but besides that, <laughs> he's a really good player as well. Uh, and then Terrell Burgess uh, from Utah. He's a little bit of a safety corner cleaner. Uh, but he's that ideal nickel player. Uh, he's very good, uh, very good with his instincts on the deep passes, understands the spatial relationships between route concepts. Um, so I think that Terrell Burgess, we're going to see him a little bit of corner, a little bit of safety, and his ability to show that he can play either spot is really going to help him with the team looking for either spot or looking for a true nickel. And then finally, Dane, you know, last year, we talked about some of the small school guys, and we talked about Nazir Adderley. The Chargers have had a history of selecting a lot of guys from this Senior Bowl game over the last couple of years. Um, give me a, a small school guy similar to, to Nazir in this Senior Bowl that you think could be a potential day two pick. 
I'll give you three guys. Uh, three of my favorite small school guys this year. They're all going to be in Mobile. Uh, it starts with Adam Troutman, the tight end for Dayton, who was a quarterback his entire life. Never caught a pass in his life until he got to Dayton and he saw a pass to get on the field. So he goes to the coaches, says, "Okay, let me. I know you recruited me as a quarterback. Let's try the tight end thing out." And they put, went out to practice, ran a few routes, and they said, "Okay." You know, give me give me that green shirt. You're a tight end now, and he led Dayton in, in receiving the last three years. Uh, and kind of rewrote the record books there. I think he is a a big time talent. Uh, when you watch him on tape, you know the competition's not great, but he was the best athlete on the field. And so, very eager to see what he looks like uh, against top competition. He is right now probably a, a top 75 draft pick. And so, what he does in Mobile will either cement that or, uh, you know, maybe go the other way. We'll have to see. Uh, Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan, D2. Uh, this is a big, physical, fast safety. And so it's, it's easy to watch this film and get excited because he's going up against, you know, future dentists and accountants at the D2 level. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So what what is he going to do against, uh, you know, top-tier competition? So there's a lot of expectations on him to play at a high level. And I think there's just a lot of ability and scouts look for traits, and he is overflowing with traits, and that's really going to help him throughout the process. And then the third player is Alex Taylor from South Carolina State. Offensive tackle, moves really well, uh, You know, doesn't really look stressed out there with his movements and his ability to shut down the edge. He can redirect and handle inside moves. Um, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he does against some pretty good defensive ends uh, in this, uh, at the Senior Bowl with uh, you know Jonathan Grenard, and Jabari Zaniga and Daryl Taylor and a lot of good, you know, pass rushers from the SEC, the Big Ten. How does this South Carolina State offensive tackle hold up against that type of firepower? Uh, you know, he's a guy that could be a riser throughout the process if he holds his own down in Mobile. Well, Dane, I tell you, 15 minutes, we packed in a lot. The perfect senior bowl primer for next week. I, I always appreciate your time. I love doing this and look forward to seeing you down in Mobile, my friend. Yeah, look forward to it. Thanks, Brooke. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. A big thanks to Dane and Sean for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you all for listening. Remember, be sure to download and subscribe to the all-new Chargers Podcast Network. We are now on Spotify and SoundCloud as well. So wherever you listen to podcasts, we're going to be down at the Senior Bowl next week in Mobile, Alabama. A lot of good stuff planned, so stay tuned. Have a great weekend, and until next time, I'm Chris Harey.